Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. On this week's episode, we hear from Global Awakening Associate Evangelist, Justin Allen. Thank you guys. How are you doing this morning? Come on. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord, right? This is the house of the Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Come on. Thanksgiving is like a magnet for the supernatural, and I really believe that. Um, The Lord delivered me of myself a long time ago, and I'm so thankful for that because I used to be uh, uber negative and uh, like would dwell on all things that weren't good, <laughs> the opposite of what the Bible uh, asks you to do. And I started to realize that my, my, uh, my circumstances and my situations would reflect my outlook on life. And I started to uh, give thanks in all things and uh, I got over myself and the Lord started to crash into my situation. So I'm excited about what God's doing uh, in the earth. I'm excited about what he's doing here in Fargo in North Dakota. God is moving in your midst and you should be amped about it as well. I have a lot of things that I want to say to you in a short amount of time. They're like, you have two services? I was like, well, I got two to four messages. We're going to cram into those two services. And uh, while I'm here, I'm just going to give you everything I've got, and then I'll pass out and sleep later. Uh, But I I believe that this is a moment, a significant moment in the history of uh, your church, not because I'm here, but because he's here. And because of the the time and season that we are in right now is super significant on God's calendar and in the earth. How many of you have heard of the prophecy of the billion soul harvest? Raise your hand at me. Praise Jesus. We are, we are ankle deep in the greatest move of God the world has ever seen. Uh, there are more people about to be swept into the kingdom in the days ahead than have been in the collective history in the days behind us. And you and I have a part to play in that. It is, it is our privilege to partner with God in advancing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And that means some things for us. That means uh, uh, that he's got some plans and purposes. Uh, I move uh, I'm, I'm giving you an, uh, a chance to get acclimated to my pace right now. Some of you are like, dear Jesus, help me. Put your hand on your ears, everybody. Say, Lord, help me. <laughs> and now stretch your hands this way. Say, Lord, help him. He needs it a lot. Amen. That makes it legal because we said amen. Now he has heard our prayers in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Um, I'm going to mess with you all morning, and I'm going to have the best time doing it. Uh, if you have religious uh, tendencies in you, they will be super irritated uh, it, just in a few minutes. If they're not already irritated, um, you may want to get up and get coffee for the next 45 minutes. You guys all right? We're going to have fun this morning. Uh, I am, uh, this year I just turned 33. Um, me and my wife just celebrated 11 years of marriage. Believe it or not, I've been married 11 years. Uh, my wife is a rock star. Uh, she's amazing. Right now I'm traveling uh, close to 180 days a year. It's about half the month for those of you uh, who are thinking, man, that's crazy. And we have three children. I have an eight-year-old uh, daughter named Aaliyah. I have a five-year-old daughter named Hope. And I have a three-year-old son named Kana. Uh, so we are busy. And uh, it takes the whole family to make this thing go around. And I'm so thankful um, for my wife and my children uh, being such a a support system, and not just a support system. They have ministries in and of themselves, and yes, even my children do too, because our kids are uh, they're they're powerful and they're mighty in the Lord. Right? There's no little Holy Spirit that we get when we uh, accept Jesus. That's not the way that that works. Um, Dunamis explosive power exists in all of us, and uh, I'm so grateful for them, and I miss them this morning. Uh, But God is here in 
Fargo, and he's got a word for you. So I've got some prophetic things that I, I, I want to say to you as a house, um, and I'm going to give you a second to get acclimated, and there's going to be some ministry, right? When the king shows up, everything happens, right? So there'll be a little bit of prophecy, maybe some, some healing will take place. I would hope that there would be some signs and wonders. I love that. They're supposed to follow the believers, right? And there's a bunch of believers in this room, so maybe some signs and wonders that point to a greater reality will show up. Um, I'm really bad at this, but I, bought, I brought a bunch of stuff with me, and I want to tell you about it briefly, so if, the more you get, the less I have to take home with me. That's how this works, and it helps support the ministry of Global Awakening. I want to tell you about two teachings really quickly um, that have helped a lot of people. At Global Awakening, Anga, uh, we believe in resourcing the body of Christ so that they can be free and unhindered to run and preach the kingdom all over the world, right? So one of the things I've noticed in my life, I, uh, I was saved about the age of seven. I accepted the call to ministry when I was 14, and I've been running after Jesus since. And uh, one of the things that I've seen is uh, how many of you recognize that there are, there are themes in your ministry that you never saw coming? It was just a thing that God did in your life. Anybody? No? Okay. Well, if you haven't, you will realize this, um, that some of the things that you want to go after the most, God doesn't actually breathe on those, and some of the things that you dislike about yourself are the things God is using the most. The things that you find least profound are the most profound for other people. Um, that used to frustrate me so bad. I just wanted to be so profound, and I would like try to drop knowledge on people, and they're like, we don't care about what you're talking about. And I got inner healing, and I'm over it now, kind of, but it still stings occasionally. And some of the stuff that I thought was obvious and basic and just common knowledge actually was revelatory to people that I would come in contact with. And you'll find those places that you have the most power and the most breakthrough and authority is where God has put a grace on your life because we actually don't do anything of our own works or figuring it out. It's all by grace uh, through faith that we're able to please the Father. And you don't even have the capacity in and of yourself to create faith. God speaks. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of the Lord. And sometimes we think it's going to be more complicated than it is to get breakthrough, but it's the simple truths and tenets of the gospel that have the most power. It's not what you know. It's what you believe and act in actively practice in your life that matters the most. And one thing that we noticed is that consistently and regularly, whether we went after it or not, people would get delivered of fear, anxiety, panic attacks, uh, uh, clinical anxiety, people with diagnosis and all the stuff that they, they, they address to people. How many of you know that if you're a believer and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, fear is not your inheritance? The Bible says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. You have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. So many people try to pray the fear away, but they forget that you need to replace it with power, love, and a sound mind. And that's all stuff that we have access to through faith in Jesus Christ by way of the Holy Spirit, which will lead us to a revelation of who we are in God. And that's a good thing. So um, I have this teaching called Dauntless. What would it look like? If uh, you were able to walk through life with no fear, with no anxiety, what if the what if was taken out of your life? What if God spoke to you and that nagging voice in the back of your head that was accusation and doubt, fear, and unbelief was no longer there? I would propose to you if a God who is love is abiding inside of you constantly, there is no place for fear to abide. And there is a narrative cur currently... In the body of Christ, even in North America, that's dangerous, and I think it's borderlines heresy that somehow you can own fear. I believe that you need to take your weaknesses and throw them at the feet of, the G of Jesus, but you don't walk through life with the baggage of weakness. When God meets weakness, he, he pours out glory and power and strength on it. So I want to tell you that if you've been diagnosed with uh, 
any number of things, anxiety, panic attack, uh, depression, etc. Whatever the devil has thrown at you and labeled you, that is not the truth about you. The truth is that you will do great exploits in God, that you have power, love, and a sound mind, that the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And if it doesn't look like that, you can throw it in the trash. I, I preach this all over the place, and people are like, yeah, but what about, I don't care. You know, my dad used to say, what if it has long ears and sharp teeth and a big furry tail and runs around like this? It doesn't matter. Uh, God has the final say, and I want to let you know that through the understanding of who you are in God and biblical principles, nobody has to lay hands on you for you to get set free of something. It happens sometimes, but God himself will visit you and reveal the truth of his word to you. We have a systematic teaching of this, and I encourage you to get it. If you know anybody dealing with that stuff, um, go, this is set, like we've seen people that, that had panic attacks to the degree that they could not go to a place outside of their home without having panic attacks, anxiety, asthma, all of this stuff, and we pray for them one time, and they never do it again. They have the strong urge to go out in public. I I don't even have the strong urge to go out in public. And I don't have fear and anxiety. I just, you know, like, I'm cool with chilling with my family and being alone. But there was a, my best friend's father had been crippled for nearly five years with us, would not leave the house. He would go to work and he would be home. And that was it. And we said, hey, we think Jesus will set you free. We prayed for him one time. It wasn't even a super spiritual prayer and it left him forever. And I could tell you story after story after story where God is still setting the captives free and who the son sets free is free Indeed, there it is, church. You're going to have to preach and, and, and shout back at me. I'm from the south. That's how we do it down there. So amen, hallelujah. I heard some Tennessee shouts in the house. I got any Tennessee people? There they are. Come on. Hallelujah. <laughs> you guys ready? I have another teaching that I'll tell you about later. Go buy the stuff. I want to preach to you. Is that okay? My dude, thank you. This is Jonathan. Everybody give Jonathan a shout. My good friend, my right-hand man, here to help. Super prophetic, wants to give everybody in the room a prophetic word and lay hands on all of them. He told me this morning, I can't wait to prophesy over everybody that wants a word. So <laughs> we're going to have fun this morning. What are you saying? All right. Can we pray? Is that okay? I know we've already prayed, but I'm going to be serious. And just because I'm praying doesn't mean you can't pray. I actually feel like we can all do it at the same time, and we can make a sound, and we can put a pull on heaven in this place. So I'm going to pray. You pray too. Ask the Lord for what you really want. Ask the Lord for what's really on your heart. I dare you to pray a bold prayer. I dare you to check the religiosity at the door and pray the desires of your heart in this moment because he's a good father. And if you ask for uh, bread, he doesn't give you a stone or a serpent. He gives you actually the desires of your heart is his plan. It's his idea. We didn't make it up. We're not bending his arm around backwards. He loves to lavish his love on his children. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you right now for your presence in this place. And we ask even now that you would come with a greater degree and manifestation of your goodness, glory, and peace in this house. I declare in the name of Jesus over Fargo, North Dakota. Your kingdom has come and your will is being done right now in the name of Jesus. We speak to every deficit and we declare an overflow in the name of Jesus. We speak to every injustice and we declare justice by the power of the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, 
for healthy families and healthy homes. And we declare the truth of covenant over the land. Lord, we even speak to divorce rates and broken homes. And we command it to be reversed in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the ministry of reconciliation that hovers over this house. And the power of God that leads to salvation through mercy and grace in this house, God. I pray that you would provoke hearts this morning. That that you would awaken those who may be uh, sleeping. That you would uh, call to action those who don't know what to do. God, I thank you that you give us a name and you give us a purpose and you give us a destiny and we're able to work with you to see this kingdom come. So we ask that you would be glorified. King of kings, Lord of lords, would you be pleased this morning? Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would remove all of me and only you would come out, God. Put a bit in my mouth. Change the words that I'm going to say if they need to be changed, but be glorified in this house, Father. I pray that you would heal sick bodies in this place, God. I pray that you would restore the joy of salvation in this house. Lord, I pray that you would drop wisdom and understanding. And I even feel like the Spirit of the Lord said uh, so clearly this morning that, that there would be people that are business types and entrepreneurial spirits, that he would begin to drop ideas for businesses in your heart and confirmations and affirmations of what he wants to build in this territory and the ter- territories of the earth. So we say yes, and we say amen, God. We say, have your way, Holy Spirit. We say, more, Lord, would you crash in? Would you crash in? Would you crash in? And all God's people said amen and amen. I don't know what you came expecting this morning, but you will not be disappointed because the king is in the room. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Had the privilege and opportunity to be here yesterday with the school. We were here all morning, and it was a blast. I had the best time ever, and God showed up in the room, and oh my goodness, it was good. I tried to talk, and the Lord snuck up on me and messed up the whole first half of one thing I was trying to do. He might do it again. I don't know. It feels good in here. I don't know if you know that, but it's not this way everywhere. (laughs) But I'm happy when it is this way. (laughs) So whatever he does, I give you permission. Like, it wouldn't be uncommon. I'm pretty sure this is not abnormal here. But if the Lord starts ministering to you before I get to that legal part in the service where you can receive, just go ahead and receive. (laughs) Some of you are nervous. Some of you are excited. Some of you are like, I wasn't ready this morning. Shake us up. Wake us up, Lord. I was sitting in worship yesterday morning. The Lord began to speak very clearly about some things that I believe are over this house and on this house. And like I said earlier, I minister in a prophetic capacity in a lot of the places that I, that I go. And the Lord has graced me and used me in the past to be a times and seasons type of prophetic voice. The sons of Issachar were discerners of the times and the seasons, and they knew what to do to partner with God in those seasons so that the kingdom could be manifested better. How many of you understand that we co-labor with God to see his kingdom come, that, that the prophetic words that come in your life are not ones that you just sit down and a prophetic word comes and all of a sudden everything's better. It means now you have a responsibility to do something with it. Praise God and oh no, you know, all at the same time. It's like, oh, everybody wants a prophetic word till that fire comes, and then you're like, I don't know that I want it anymore. (laughs) Smith Wigglesworth would say, Before God brought me to this point, he's crushed me a thousand times already. And praise God for the crushing, but praise God that he breathes on us and causes a new man to stand up or a new woman to stand up. I believe that, that God will send the word and he will test you with the word. So there are things that come with prophetic utterances and, and declarations. There are responsibilities. There are levels of stewardship. The kingdom is all about stewardship and what you do with what you've been given. 
It's not for looking at your neighbor in comparison, people will say, is the thief of joy. I think it's not unhealthy to compare yourself to other people sometimes, as long as you're not super introspective and negative. I think it's good to be in a company of believers who are running after the Lord, because if you're the person running the fastest in your group, or like you're the one who's known as being like the spiritual one, then there's nothing to run after sometimes. And I know from experience, because I've been in ministry for a very long time, that sometimes as leaders, we can grow complacent because we feel like we've arrived. And I know I'm not preaching to anybody sitting in these pews in this room in North Dakota this morning, but I'm just saying, hypothetically, if that shoe fits, kick it off, right? Because God wants us to actually be stirred up and provoked towards good works. Like my relationships and my friendships that I have in life with believers should spur me on to good works. I don't know if you've ever sat with somebody that makes you feel like you need to get your stuff together, but every once in a while, it's a good, good to get a kick in the pants, <laughs> I figured this out really quickly. There was a good long period of my life where I was ministering in a hidden in a hidden place, and praise God for the hidden place, and praise God for the wilderness, and praise God for the, the secret seasons where God develops character and integrity and, and resolve and all of that stuff in you. So when he puts you on display, um, none of the bad stuff has to be seen in front of people. God is so gracious that he will deal with all your trash in the hiddenness of the secret place before you get put on display. Because what's done in secret will be revealed <laughs> before all men when you stand in front of people. And oftentimes we contend with God and we say, Lord, I want to be in front of nations and people and all that stuff. But you've been circling that same mountain for four years. You want to you get past that before you get into that place. Because rest assured, it will be exposed. Everything that is light makes manifest. And when the light comes at Isaiah 60, arise, shine, your light has come. You want to make sure that it's exposing the work of Christ inside of you which is bringing you up to a full stature and maturity of the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? Justin, what are you talking about? I'm just leading you in. I'm leading you in. I'm giving you the, the pep talk before the word comes. It means something. It means that there's a yes and amen, and it means that God is wanting to do some things. But I, I believe in stirring one another towards faith in God and good works. And every once in a while, you know the thing about family is you don't get to pick your family always. <laughs> Am I the only one that has people in my family that some of them I like better than others on certain days? But I don't get to leave them just because we have a dis disagreement. I think it's funny because we live kind of in a post-Christian society right now, and so people's, uh, they approximate the gospel, well, like, this is what I think it might be like if I read my Bible, but I don't read my Bible, so I don't know what family's like. See, the prophetic edge is going to come out and kind of poke and prod a little bit. We have a generation currently of orphans trying to dictate what fathers and mothers look like, but fathers and mothers look like God chastens those he loves and he disciplines those he loves, and whether or not you can endure the chastening discipline and all of that actually indicates whether or not you are a legitimate son. The Bible says if you can't endure chastening discipline correction that you're not a legitimate son and that you're actually not his. It proves it. So there's something about your ability to submit to the will of God through teaching, training, and equipping of leaders uh, that proves that I'm actually willing to endure this so that it can have its perfect work in, work in me and I can be mature and perfect and whole, lacking nothing. I look like the person of Jesus Christ. You guys all right? I thought it was going to be a fun, uplifting message. It most definitely is, but there's a cost that comes with it. Do you know the Bible says that Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered? Uh-oh, <laughs> I thought Jesus didn't have to do anything challenging. Read the Bible again. 
Jesus, the Bible says Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered. Oh my goodness, Jesus suffered and he had to learn obedience. This is crazy. You can bet your bottom dollar that if Jesus learned obedience through the things he suffered, you will learn obedience through the things that, he su- that you suffer. And there's something, like we, we apply the finished work of the cross to all the stuff we don't want to do. <laughs> and then we want to co-labor with all the benefit stuff, right? But the benefits and the blessings are actually connected to the correction and the love and the chastening because it's part of the process. And you can't actually be trusted with the blessing and you can't actually be trusted with the end game and the fullness of your destiny and potential until your heart has gone through pruning and your heart has gone through the fire and your heart has gone through the press and uh, long-lasting things will be there. You guys are right in this room. Speaking to you about what it looks like to be inside the context of family, submission, mutual love and honor in the midst of disagreement because there is nothing the Lord will do in the days ahead that is absent from the context of family. The government of the kingdom is family and family is the government of kingdom. It's the way it's always been. God is a father. Jesus is the son. And he always talks about restoring you back to himself. The spirit of adoption that's been given to us, this ministry of reconciliation that actually looks like loving somebody for a long enough time that they begin to believe what you're saying about them and they begin to believe the testimony that you have that you will love them regardless of whether or not they deserve it or not. You all right? Plow, Justin, plow. Jonathan was telling me there's fertile soil here, so it shouldn't be too hard. Just break the surface and plant some seeds, and things will spring up immediately, like Jack and the Beanstalk, right? What are you saying, Justin? I'm saying that the Lord is looking to demonstrate his love and his heart through his children and the works of their hands and the attitude of their hearts. And we live in a day and age where God is sending his fire to all things and the day and age where you can get by leaning on the crutch of a gifting or an anointing absent from fruit in your life, those days are over, people. God is coming with fire to his church and he's refining it. The idea is that our God is a consuming fire and what happens when the fire comes is everything that can be burned up will be burned up, but the eternal things will be tempered, they will be purified, they will be uh, actually um, uh, amplified in, what the, in their core value by what they are. Does this make sense? In the Old Testament, the three Hebrew boys, they were, they were like, no, we're not gonna bow our knee, we're not gonna do this. I'm going to throw you into the fire. ruh that's a problem, right? We don't want that. And they had an interesting thing that they would say, and it's my wife's favorite verse, and uh, we, we talk about it in our house all the time, and uh, I believe that the church in North America in 2019 needs to get this concept that they said this. They said, our God is more than able to deliver us from the fire, but they had this clause on the end of it, and they said, but if he doesn't, we still won't bow, <laughs> But if he doesn't, we'll gladly go into the fire because our God is a consuming fire. We know that he's good. We know that he's faithful. There's something about walking uh, with the Lord for a long period of time, not for like 10 minutes or, you know, 10 months. I'm talking about when you begin to walk with the Lord and you get to know him in the good seasons and in the bad seasons, in the, in the mass seasons and in the, the, the prosperous seasons and in the poor seasons, you know that God is really, really good. And whatever he's doing is on my behalf and for my good and for my gain, and that to to live is Christ and to die is gain, so it doesn't really matter anyways, because I signed the rights over to my life when I allowed Jesus to come in as Lord and Savior. He's the king of the kingdom. 
That means some things. That means that, like, it's not, you know, it is not a democracy. (laughs) So when he speaks from heaven, do you realize that it's the voice of the Lord that shakes the foundations of the earth? We have a culture that's like, oh, we want to know what the voice of the Lord sounds like. You want to know what the terror of the Lord is? (laughs) Hear him speak. Shakes the foundations of the earth, the foundations of the mountain. His voice splits the cedars of Lebanon. (laughs) But I want to know him. Well, you want to know him in the proper context as a son or as a daughter. That voice is on your behalf, working all things together for your good. If you love him and you're called according to his purposes, that's what the voice of the Lord sounds like in your situation. But if you're outside of the person of Christ, it doesn't look so good for you. What are you saying, Justin? I'm saying a lot of things to you. I don't know where you're going. You should be nervous. You should be very nervous. God wants to do this because something about being in the midst of relationship and being told to sit down every once in a while, even when you really want to go and do something, that will develop something in you. It'll check your heart, you know? John Chris, check your heart, right? Few people have heard that before. Man, that guy, he needs to like, chill on the Insta stories, doesn't he? It's like 45 Insta stories every hour. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't have time for this, bro, but I still watch them. That was a side note. That was free. You can cut that out of the message. But what would it look like if we began to actually let family have its perfect work in us and actually let our hearts be pruned so that the zeal, you know, the Bible says it's not good to have zeal without knowledge nor be hasty and miss the way. I have the privilege of going all around the world. I speak in amazing arenas with hungry hearts and hungry people. I go to a lot of supernatural schools. I go to a lot of ministry schools. And I am actually concerned at the high dropout rate of people who are on fire one minute and back in the world the next minute. And what happens is they're on fire until somebody tells them that they can't do what they want to do and they don't know how to serve. And the Bible talks about service. And Jesus actually came to seek and save the lost. And he was actually a great servant. The Bible says that that God reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets, in any office that you will find in the fivefold in, in Ephesians, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, or evangelist, looks like serving the body of Christ, looks like feeding the sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, take care of my sheep. But there is this uh, secular humanism that has crept into Christianity in North America in a lot of capacities, and it has taken this message of identity and distorted it to a gospel that hinges on a revelation of who I am when everything in the Bible revolves around who he is. And the only thing that you have, the only intrinsic value that you actually have inside of you is the breath of God that he breathed into a pile of dirt and a man stood up. People don't like that. But apart from God, you can do nothing. If you are enamored with your ability, pretty soon you'll walk away from God and you'll start eating from that tree of the knowledge of good and evil and think you can do it by yourself. But that didn't work out well in the beginning. It resulted in a curse. God is looking for relationship and relationship will stand the test of time if it's legitimate and genuine. Are you guys all right? God is anchoring people in family. He's anchoring people in covenant. Our God is a covenant-keeping God. We don't know what covenant is. Wouldn't it be something, you know, we talk about taking nations and we talk about discipling nations, but what if the divorce rate in the church just dissipated and disappeared? Do you think it would give us some clout? (laughs) So that when we go and we talk to the world around us, we like actually know what we're talking about? Or are we hypothesizing and pontificating what it might be like to have a powerful gospel that we believe, but we don't actually execute it? 
wouldn't it be something? This is not guilt, shame, and condemnation. This is just like a real heart check. Take a look in the mirror. If the shoe fits, kick it off because it's not the shoe that was given to you. What are you saying, Justin? You know that we have this saying within our, our streams that the disciples actually, they belonged before they believed. So there was something about them being introduced into a family in the context of relationship and love. And we're going to, I say this expression, I won't say it because there's like younger kids in here. We're going to love uh, the, the bad place out of them. Love the heck out of them. And God will literally love you till all of the fingerprints of your previous life and the markers of death, hell, and the grave are gone and out of your life. He will literally love you until that can't stay anymore. Because the only way those tendencies and those, those things that come from the pit of hell will manifest in your life is when you don't believe the truth of the counsel of God about your life. But that only comes through relationship. It only comes through intimacy. It only comes through knowing the Father well. And I believe that over this house, when I was here yesterday, the Lord began speaking and said, I'm raising up. Let me get it here. I've locked my phone now. The Lord said, uh, I'm raising up a good company from your midst. And it was very specific. It was so weird. I said, I'm raising up a, a good company. And I believe that there's multiple angles to this, but I felt like the Spirit of the Lord said, I'm raising up a, a good company from the midst. And there's different definitions of what it is to be a company. A company can be an army. A company can be a group of people. A company can be a business and an industry. And I actually believe that the Spirit of the Lord is raising up a good company from this midst. And what that looks like is people who understand how to link and lock arms in the good and in the bad and in the ugly and actually see a greater purpose manifested in the earth because your intrinsic identity and value, I believe in the message of identity, I believe the truth about what God says about you, but the kingdom has less to do with you and more to do with him and what he wants to do. And if the prophetic word over your life or the thing that you're believing is self-centered and self-focused, then it may not be kingdom-oriented and it may not fully have come from God. Some of us in this season, we need to take our dreams and our desires and the aspirations of our heart and lay them on the altar again and let him send fire to it and what remains pick back up and run with it. The last time I checked, I'm in process. I think we're all in process. And as we grow with him, we go from glory to glory. We begin to mature from faith to faith, from glory to glory. And there are things that we learn about ourselves through intimacy and relationship. As we get closer to the man that we sang about, King Jesus, the man with fire in his eyes. And he gets closer and closer to us. And he looks deeper and deeper into us. All of a sudden, the fire will begin to burn away more and more and more stuff until what he saw, the joy set before him when he endured the cross, begins to manifest. May the lamb receive the reward for his suffering was the cry of the Moravians when they sold themselves into slavery, or so the story goes. And we love, we'll shout you down to say that. But would you say that in your own life every single day? Like, we, we do great exploits, and we make these big statements, and we're like, that would look really good on a social media post if I would do something so profound. But what if God just wants your heart like today? What if you woke up in the morning and you said, may the lamb receive the reward for his suffering and you weren't short and angry and mean to your wife? What if you don't need to go start an orphanage in Haiti? What if you just need to be a good husband? What if you don't need to go like rescue people out of human trafficking? What if you just need to represent heaven in your home? 
Maybe that's how the lamb receives a reward for his suffering. And maybe in our attempt to do all things profound and good and righteous and holy, we have neglected the things that are the, the immediate things in our immediate circle. And I'm telling you, there would be greater glory in the outer realms of the earth if there was greater glory in our homes. This is a burning fire in my heart right now that I cannot get away with. I preach everywhere that you would want to preach uh, with everybody you would want to preach with. And there was a season in my life that I would have cut off my left foot to do what I'm doing now. But praise God I got delivered of myself before that. I could tell you with great authority, you could stand in the places you think you need to stand and do the stuff you think you need to do to please God and find out he was already pleased in the person of Jesus in you and you could have made more impact in the inner circle of your home. Every, all of that's good. It's great to fill up stadiums and go after Jesus and all that. But what in the, like, it doesn't matter if stadiums are filled if your children aren't. And we have like these things where we talk about, oh, you know, like we, even with the church, there's stigma of like, oh, well, I'm a PK and this, that, and the other. And all of a sudden people are like, it's normative for pastor's kids to be messed up because of church hurt and abuse in the church and stuff like this. Why don't we fix the relational paradigms within the context of church so the world actually wants what we have? And I'm not coming to you with a firm rebuke because I don't think that that's for this house. But I'm just saying, if we actually did what we say we're doing, the lost would come running. The name of the Lord, the name of Jesus is a strong tower that the righteous run into and they're saved. And the Bible says if you lift high the name of Jesus, all men will be drawn. So what is the name of Jesus? Who the sun sets free is free indeed. He's the son who perfectly reflects the father. The goal of this thing is that we represent him so well that the world will look at us and they'll see Jesus and in turn they'll see the father and the Holy Spirit will begin to woo their hearts back to him. Justin, are you going to give that prophetic word in a minute? <laughs> He's raising up a good company. What would a good company look like? It would look like a group of people who knows how to run well together for the long haul. It looks like a group of people who's not afraid to serve the dreams of their neighbor before they serve their own dreams. It looks like a group of people who won't get a prophetic word and think they need to leave the family to accomplish it. I believe in apostolic ministry. I'm part of it. I believe in sending ministry and all of that stuff, and God is in that. But I've watched too many of a younger generation get a prophetic word from a platform minister, and they're like, all right, I'm too big for my britches, as we say in the South, and now I have to leave the covering of the fathers and mothers who have sowed into my life for all these years because now I can do it by myself, and little do they know that their demise is near because pride comes before the fall and a haughty spirit before destruction. Come on, somebody. But what God is looking to do, the idea is that we build generationally and together. The idea is not that just so, like the fathers and mothers build something and then when they're on their way out, they're like, here you go, do the best you can with it. The idea is that we have two, three, four generations building together in tandem, in relationship, in submission, and in love. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you know how powerful that would be if the North American church would just lay hold of this? And there are some places that are doing it better than others. There are some places that have no idea what I'm talking about, <laughs> and it's okay, but I would love to see a generation, I would love to see my generation run this race to completion. I would love to see the same fire and zeal that you have in your 20s and your 30s and your 50s and 60s, and I believe that we don't have to compromise to cultural norms. 
And I believe that you can walk this Christian life and not be discouraged and not be broke down and not be busted and not be disgusted. If Christ in you is the hope of glory, then you got a good chance of seeing glory. But if your best efforts are the only shot that you have, you got a limited shelf life on what you can accomplish in this earth. I'm going to go in the Bible to some places. If you'd go with me really quickly, uh, we're going to go to Proverbs 13, 20, and 22. There's a few scriptures I want to read over you, and then I'm just going to prophesy a little bit if that's okay. feel so strongly a cautioning and a, and a strong word from the Lord to just like stay connected, stay connected, stay connected. The enemy roams around like a lion seeking those whom he may devour, and he does, like lions don't come after groups of people. They come after individuals on the outskirts. They, they come after those who have separated themselves and are weak and weary, and they pick them off one by one. And I will tell you right now, if you believe the lie that you are alone and nobody loves you, that is a self-fulfilling prophecy, and you will step out the side door, and you will hide, and you will resist love, and you'll feel like you're unlovable. And the lie that you believe about yourself will create a, a false reality where the enemy can eat you for lunch. But if you stay in the context of family and relationship and love and people who will grab you by the shirt and love you back to who you are. Some, have you ever forgotten who you are? I've done this before. It's not like a pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of thing. Sometimes you need a father or you need a mother to be like, hey, snap out of it. This is not who you are. And love looks like that. And sometimes love is not like velvet gloves and gentle touches. Sometimes love is like, hey, I need to forcefully save your life because you're on the brink of losing it. But I love you too much to sit on the sidelines and not care. Love will, will come after you with a fiery passion. You guys find the scripture there? Proverbs 13, 20 through 22. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but a companion of fools will be destroyed. Evil pursues sinners, but to the righteous Good shall be repaid. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. There is something that we are learning in this season that like God is going to give us the grace to take this test until we pass it, but I feel like there is an inheritance that's being laid up in this hour for the generations to run well together. And I've been in the church for a minute, so I've been in a lot of different expressions of what it is uh, to, to, to have church and to do meetings, and I know that in different seasons, sometimes people were scared to death to let go of the reins. But that is not the hour we live in right now, young people. Where are my 35 and under at in the house? Raise your hand at me. Listen, you don't have an excuse in this hour to deal with the pain of like, oh, spiritual father hurt me or spiritual mother this or that. You didn't have a right to do that beforehand anyways because Jesus laid all his rights down. So get over yourself and move on with Christ. However, in this hour, there are more fathers and mothers, grandfathers and grandmothers that are dying and crying out to run with younger generation, but they may not be the famous person you saw on YouTube or on Instagram or who has a global ministry. So you got to deal with the pride in your heart that says, if I get connected to this person, they might promote me because that's selfish ambition and that's vanity and it's demonic in nature. Don't call that a spiritual father. If you want a pimp, then go get a pimp. There is a difference in family. Family may not fluff you up all the time. You guys all right? Sorry, that just came out of there, the prophetic. I'm sorry. That was in love. There's a lot going on in here right now. Reel it in. But fathers and mothers may not celebrate all of your temper tantrums but they will love you through them until you have some maturity on you and can actually be trusted with something. 
And maybe the thing that you're demanding or you think you're ready for right now, the Lord just has a little bit longer. Don't quit in the 11th hour. (laughs) I've watched so many young people quit in the 11th hour when they were about to be handed the keys of the kingdom and they didn't know it, but they proved by their immaturity and their selfishness and their, their need to minister and do things that they weren't trustworthy. God is raising up a good company in this midst, a, a company of people that looks like a family. It's like a family business and it looks like the kingdom. It's not about profit and it's not about financial gain, but it will be connected to it. I want to say this. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say that there's something happening in this house where there's going to be something connected to it. Where I saw tech startups, like like uh, like like uh, online businesses being started up out of this house, and there's a grace for entrepreneurial business in tech startups. And then I saw something of renewable energy. Like there's something about renewable energy around here that the Spirit of the Lord is on. So, and I feel like it's a very strong market. Tech startups and renewable renewable energy in this city, and it's actually going to be a a, a source of of great uh, prosperity, and there's even going to be, I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is saying there's a breakthrough in, in energy. You know, we talk about wind, we talk about solar, we talk about all of these different types of energy. There's something of a breakthrough coming to Fargo in the area of energy that the world's going to take notice of, and they're gonna, it's going to begin to be exported to the world around it. But you need to be positioned, so wherever my eagles are at in the room or my watchmen on the wall, pay attention to these words and mind these words, because in the days ahead, it's going to begin uh, become a great source of of wealth um, for what you're doing in this hour. If you'd go with me to James 3, 13 through 18, that would be fantastic. Something that comes with, with counsel and something that comes with staying in an abundance of counselors and a multitude of counselors and fathers and mothers is that you can learn lessons through other people and you don't have to endure a dark night of the soul because you can simply lay down your pride and pick up the wisdom they gained through their failures and mistakes. Praise God, somebody. You know what's easier than failing on your own? Listening to somebody else who's failed and just not doing that stuff. History repeats itself. Don't be stupid. Well, I could do it. No, you can't. <laughs> Nobody else has ever succeeded. Don't be stupid. <laughs> James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among, among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that comes from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, and its good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. I had no intention of going there, and the Lord dropped that in my spirit this morning. There's something very pivotal about that scripture that the Lord is coming to burning hearts, and he's sifting you in a way that is more gentle than you thought. One of our friends in worship had a picture of, uh, we were talking about the river, and he saw somebody come up with the pan and begin to sift. And sometimes we think that sifting is a lot more intense than that. But I just felt like the Lord, by his river and by his spirit, is, begun to, is going to begin to sift the intentions and the, the, the places of men's and women's hearts to where if there is bitterness and envy and self-seeking, he will remove it by his spirit so that there can be the fruit of the spirit in activation in your life. How many of you know that the fruit of the Spirit is more important than the gifts of the Spirit? Because you can operate in your gift all the way into the gates of hell. Matthew 7, I did this in your name, I did that in your name. I don't know who you are, 
Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Do not be a worker of iniquity when God has called you to be a son or a daughter of the Most High who bears his name and represents him in every way imaginable. God is calling his church back to himself. Praise God. You guys all right in the house this morning? Woo! I'm having a blast. Hebrews 12, 22 through 29. I had an amazing uh, spiritual mama, Pastor Sandra Roach. I was Southern Baptist for like 20 years of my life, got sovereignly filled with the Holy Spirit and left that arena <laughs> pretty quickly. They weren't super stoked about what was going on in my life, and I met this, this charismatic lady preacher that was not a, in my thought process. I didn't know that was a thing. But God showed me otherwise, and she loved this verse, and every time I read it, I hear her voice in the back of my head. And uh, I just want to say this. This is um, starting in uh, Hebrews 12, 22. We're going to go all the way through 29. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion in the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and the blood of the sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, how much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he is promised, saying once more, yet once more I shake not only the earth but also heaven. Now this, yet once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear for our God is a consuming fire. Would you lift your hands really quickly? Father God, right now, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would begin to illuminate every dark place of our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would begin to highlight everything that we have held too close to the chest and we have refused to relinquish to you. We say again that we will give our whole hearts, our whole being, spirit, body, soul, from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. We will throw it on the altar willingly. We will cast our cares on you, for you care for us. Lord, would you send fire on the sacrifice this morning? Would you send fire on this reasonable service in light of what you've done in this place? God, I bless, I bless, I bless what you're doing. Some of you, this hit you in a deeper place than you realized it was going to hit you this morning. I don't always do this, and I had no intention of doing this, and we're, we're tight on time, but that's okay because God's moving. And if there's some things that you like know that the Lord was like, you need to go drop that at the altar and is like an act, I'm from the Baptist church. You can do business with God at the altar. If there's stuff you need to throw at his feet and do a heart check, I'm opening it up right now. If you want to come up here and throw some stuff at the feet of Jesus, I feel like there is a grace this morning to have a quick recalibration. It's not like living in waywardness and sin and depravity, but God is actually doing things. So Father, we thank you that you we can cast our cares on you because you care for us. Lord, I bless, I bless, I bless, I bless what you're doing right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burningheartsfargo.com. If you are in the Fargo area, we would love for you to join us at one of our Sunday services, either 9 or 1045 a.m. Have a great rest of your week.